Hey folks, welcome to episode 167 of the FLW Podcast in Benton, Kentucky. I'm Jody White. I am joined uh, from Hopkins, Minnesota by the one, the only, Kyle Wood. Man, 167 sounds like I've missed a lot more podcasts than I actually have. Yeah, well, we didn't really have you doing it for the first chunk, so you had that. And then, you know, well, sometimes right. we do miss them. In, in no. recent times, I mean, there we we've gotten a little bit of a streak there for inconsistency. Yeah, let's say we're gonna have a, I think, a pretty high degree of consistency these next couple months. Uh, after that, we'll see. It could get shaky again. Because <laughs> um, you know, then it'll be tournament season, and we'll see what happens. Right. Uh, one side note is I forgot uh, where you worked uh, yesterday. Uh, with Matt Steffen when I was up north and we were talking about something and I was like yeah you know I introduce Kyle every single day every single time on the podcast and man for some reason I just can't remember where it is right now <laughs> and I couldn't remember until I started introducing you and then I was like got it Hopkins. Yeah, you just had to get back in the flow of things yeah so we got that going um, I think we should have a pretty good show uh, today obviously no Kurt which is disappointment because Kurt's the man Kurt um, is but you and I can uh, probably carry the load a little bit. We'll talk some BFL regional stuff. You did an interview with Brandon Hunter. Uh, we'll talk about the Costa FLW Series Championship. Some, I mean, I think it's going to be, you know, a pretty good show uh, prior to not the last, but the second to last tournament of the year, basically. And yeah. uh, next week, of course, we'll have a tournament type show where I think we'll probably get a few interviews at registration, that kind of stuff, and. You know, it'll be a little bit more like a regular tour week. Although, no fantasy fishing podcast, as fun as that would be. Oh, that would be sweet. Dude, How it would be pretty fun to do fantasy fishing for this one. Because you got the big field, you got all kinds of... Uh, you got so many different skill levels and, uh, you know levels of localness and stuff like that. It'd be an interesting, it'd be an interesting one to pick, I think. Gosh, it would. Because, like, there are enough, you know, see, not secret, but, like, Kentucky, like, hammers in this where you could probably pick, like, ten guys. But then if you did all that, you might not pick Brian Thrift. And it'd be like, well, wait a minute. Why didn't you pick Brian Thrift? Mm-hmm. You know? So there's a lot of, there could, it'd be fun, but we don't get to do it. So Maybe next year. What it is. Yeah. Let's do it. We should do it next year. Even if we just have to make it up on our own. <laughs> we should. Um. But it'd be fun. Uh, but anyhow, let's uh, let's go ahead. I guess throw this to the one and only Brendan Hunter, and uh, then you and I will kick back and talk fishing. Love it. Joining us this week on the FLW podcast is uh, Kentucky's own Brandon Hunter. Brandon, it's been a while, man, since we've had you on the show. How you doing? I'm doing great, Kyle. How you guys doing? We're all right, man. We're all right. It's uh, yeah, as you know, it's it's the off season or winding into the off season, not only for yourself but also uh, for us here at FLW. Uh, but we got a lot to talk about. I think you and I, we got we got a lot of things to cover. Um, and first and foremost, I want to congratulate you on your uh, you're now a father. Well, I guess it's been probably eight nine months 
something like that? Nine months now. Yeah, Nine all right. Now. Yeah, little, little, little girl, she's she's growing up, and uh, we're having a blast with her for sure. Well, I was going to say, it, uh, um, it's got to be – you, you took a year off uh, from the tour, which we'll get to in a second. But, uh, you know, you, you, you do some guiding uh, on Kentucky Lake. You do electronics classes. Um, it's had to be kind of nice. I assume you've pared it back a little so that you could spend some time with uh, with the new kiddo. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, it's, um, you know, coming into the 2017 season, it was a, you know, it was a, it was hard to make that decision to stay home from the tour. But, um, you know, I'm really close with my family and it, it was an easy decision for me. You know, I don't make the kind of money that, that some of the guys make, you know, uh, you know, sponsor dollars and stuff like that, that, mm-hmm. that really changed things around. So it, it was an easy decision come, come 2017 to stay home with my family. And, 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 uh, I don't regret it a bit. So. Well, that's good, man. I, I know, um, uh, I'm sure the little girl's been keeping you busy, but it also, you know, I've been following you on, on Instagram and Facebook and, uh, I mean, it's not like you've been taking it easy. You've been out there on Kentucky Lake, dialing those fish in, putting some clients on some uh, some pretty big. I've seen some like hefty, not only large mouse, but I've seen some big small mouse too. You caught. Yeah, you know it's it, it is nice to be home every now and then, and 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 to be able to get out, you know, where I grew up fishing, and and actually just get to spend some time at home for a year and and fish and uh, and take people out and you know teach them teach them all about Kentucky Lake. So. Uh, we caught some big smallmouth, and I, I look forward to hearing here in a couple of weeks that maybe those big brown fish will turn on here in a, here next week for the the Coastal Championship. So, well, uh, I think I I feel like we should talk about that Coastal Championship because it is coming up so soon, and um, obviously when it came time uh, for me to look at someone to have on the podcast to talk about this tournament, you're kind of the front runner. I mean, you live there, you guide there. I feel like if anyone's got their pulse on Kentucky Lake, it's probably Brandon Hunter. And I, I think I want to lead with, from a fishing standpoint, and, and the fans and the, the folks that listen to this podcast, I'm sure they know a lot about Kentucky when the ledge fishing is happening. You know what I mean? Like, the probably the most publicized thing about Kentucky Lake is that early June time frame, right? A lot of light gets shined on the lake. But it's kind of a cool lake before that happens and after. Uh, it really piques my interest. I know ledge fishing kind of bores me, but I'm going to be honest with you, I've never been on a good ledge bite, uh, nor have I really done it. So I've never got to cash in on some of the schools, you know, you and the other, other ledge masters have. But um, just set the stage a little for what happens this time of year on Kentucky Lake. What's the fishing like? Well, you know, the, the you, you hit the nail right on the head. I mean, it, Kentucky Lake is unique in its own, but simply because it's, you know, from springtime all the way through the fall, there's so much, um, so much that a guy, you know, growing up here that, you know, you can learn, you, you can flip in the spring, you can throw a crankbait. And then when they get out on the ledges, you've got to follow them out, out on the, you know, out on the river, whenever they get out there and then you can have that good ledge bite. And then, and then it turns into the fall and, you know, the shad start migrating, moving back into the creeks up on the flats and, you know, that's kind of what we're going to see here here next week is, um, you know, a little bit different than what we're used to seeing. I think it was 2000, was it 11 when Moorhead won? Um, that sounds out of Paris. right. Was the last, yeah, I think it was the last time that we, we fished here. And um, so I, I'm, I'm anxious to get out there and, you know, uh, see what, you know, see what happens and, and, and see, you know, 
I really don't know what to expect because the, you know, before the off limits period, the, the fishing kind of got a little bit tough. There was a couple of um, a TBF tournament down down south out of Paris. The weights were re- really low, but we've had a cool snap. You know, it's getting down into the 40s um, consecutive nights in a row, so that's really gonna gonna change things up and should make the fishing here uh, pretty good here next week. Okay, I, I was curious about that because I know. Uh... You know, up here in Minnesota where I sit currently, uh, they're calling for some snow on Friday, and there is that big cool snap coming across. And generally, it's been actually kind of mild here, and fishing's been good because it's you know the north, and they're not that not that molested. But um, I was curious about if that that cooler weather will actually help kind of pick things up. I saw there was a tournament last weekend, uh, and this is how much attention I paid to do. I can't remember what it was. I saw it on my Facebook, but I knew the weights were not what you would kind of expect from Kentucky Lake. That's all I know about it. Yeah, I think it was a it was probably that TBF they had, and and I think in two days there were seven limits caught, yeah. and there were some pretty good fishermen. And, and so, you know, I, I think what's going on. I, I fished a two day BFL back in the middle of September, and, and the fishing was starting to get pretty good. It still wasn't easy, you know. It's still hard to get. Uh, to even get five bites by the end of the day but they started to bite and then it turned summertime again and oh. 95 degree days again and and it just kind of i don't know if it just set those fish back to where you know they were still in that late summer funk that they get in where they don't really want to bite and then and then it started to pick up again they had a bfl regional here um and then there was like a big uh marine classic or something here that same week and, and you know they started biting i think that was the week we were at the last central division oh, okay. over at lake of the ozarks and they were actually starting to bite a little bit and then when we got back i thought it's going to be on and then i fished quite a bit last week you know spending some time out there before the off limits and it, it, it it's just you know it's so so it's it's um it, it it can't do anything but get better so well i like i like to hear it and um i guess um I kind of want to talk a little bit about uh, the the baits we might see a lot next week because, you know, you mentioned Moorhead's victory in 2011. I had to look it up, but uh, you were right. Uh, but I do recall, I believe he threw an A-rig was kind of like the bulk of uh, how he was catching them. And I would imagine yep. we'll probably see some Alabama rigs this week. Um, but is this also that time when um, the topwater bite can be really good too yeah it really is you know um this time of year i mean one of my favorite things to do is um is to throw that top water bait and a lot of guys you know are kind of clued in on it that um uh that those those big ones they like that top water and and you know like i say it hasn't been that great it's 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 just been so 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 i'm thinking with the cooler nights you know um, get that water temperature. I think I was seeing, I was still seeing 70 to 72 degrees last week before off limits. So, um, you know, it's still warm. So, you know, that water temperature don't get way down below 50 degrees and I don't expect to drop, uh, 20 degrees in just a week just because we have some cool nights. So I definitely think that you'll see, um, I I definitely think you'll see that top water play, play a role for sure. If you had to, uh, maybe give me like the top three or five baits you think will really shine, uh, next week again just to kind of set the stage for the for the folks listening to this um the, the a-rig you know you mentioned just a moment ago if you'll remember 2011 that was when the a-rig first shined mm-hmm. that's when not very not very many guys had their hands on it so you know i think you'll 
it's definitely going to play a, a factor. Um, not like it did back then because those fish had never seen such a bait. But, <laughs> sure. Um, I, I'm going to say a rig, jig, top water, um, swim bait, spinner bait. Okay. I like a so I like I think, a spinner bait. You don't hear a lot about that. No, you don't. I mean, it, you know, it's it's um, it's it's Kentucky Lake can get pretty windy in the fall, and really you don't have that much of a choice but to swing something around. You know, big right. swim bait or big spinner bait. So that that's that's one reason I say that. Okay. Well, uh, I like it. I guess. Um, the other thing I kind of want to know is uh, mostly because we haven't spoken too much about the the Coast Championship yet. But um, how about like give me some weights? What do you think if, if let's say things get right, you know, quote unquote, like kind of set up how they should, things are going right. What do you think we'll see for some weights out of Kentucky Lake? Oh gosh, I knew he was going to ask me this. <laughs> <laughs> um, you you think? I mean, you know. I really believe that 13, 14 a day will put you in that top 10. I think they're, I think they're taking the top 10 just, just like the regular season. So, you know, 26 to 28 pounds will put you right there pretty close. That doesn't sound very high, but that, I really believe that that, I don't think you'll see, I don't think you're going to see those huge, huge weights, you know, like you do in the summertime, um, you know, when it takes 16, 17 to, just to make, just to make that, that cut. So, okay. um, winter, you know, Win and weight, I still think is going to be in the low 50 somewhere. All right. I can. Uh, Three day event, you know, 17, 18 a day. Yeah, yeah, that seems about right. I think um, uh, for myself, and I know probably some other people that feel that way, uh, or at least how I feel about <clears throat> ledge tournaments, it, you know, it is exciting. It is, it's fun to watch. Um, you know, the tour event in, in 16, I got to watch you a little bit for a couple of days. I watched Lambert. Um, but. It's also Kentucky Lake, when I think of it as a tournament venue, it in some way can be semi-boring because you tend to see a lot of the same faces up around the top. You know what I mean? Like it, there's kind of a group of guys that just they know what they're doing and they make it happen, which is fine. Now, the cool thing about the Coastal sure. Championship, there's a lot of hammers from, a lot of, from across the country. And being that Kentucky Lake is – different right and a lot of guys don't spend time there in the fall it's new to a vast majority of the field so i think we'll see a lot of newer faces potentially popping up if that makes sense now obviously yes there are a lot of guys that do fish kentucky lake a lot you know such as yourself but i think it it should be kind of refreshing for the fans following it to you might see some guys that you know maybe someone from new york that never been there before but you know, knows how to throw a topwater real good or gets in on something like that. And um, it could be kind of exciting and, and kind of a fresh recharge if you're sick and tired of same old Kentucky Lake tournaments. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. You know, it's it that's, like I said earlier, that's one of the uh, neat things about Kentucky Lake is that you've got different times of year. And, you know, like you say, in, in, in June you do, you see a lot of the same, same faces. So, um, I'll be anxious myself to see, you know, how, how everything plays out and, um, and, and to see, to see, you know, if, if it's the same old guys, cause I think Haynes is in this and yep. Lambert and all your guys that you normally see at the top. So it'll, it'll, it'll be for an sure. interesting tournament for sure. Well, I, the other aspect of this event is, um, uh, you reside, uh, on the North end of the lake. And I, I believe you probably do a lot of your guiding on that, uh, up by the dam basically. I do. 
or I, I would yep. guess. Uh, this tournament, the Coastal Championship, takes out of Paris. Uh, so I guess for those, uh, again, that aren't that familiar with it, I guess it's south, but it's upstream, right? Because <laughs> – that's correct. Yeah, north, got, north is north is down, and, <laughs> and, and south is up on this lake. That's right. It gets really confusing when guys are talking about running down. You're like, you're like, wait, do you mean downstream or do you mean south? Like, which? One? <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. But it, it, give us give us kind of a rundown on that on that lower end of the lake. We've had uh, several events throughout the years take place out of tour. We've had tour events out of Paris, um, but it is kind of a different beast than uh, the the upper section by the dam. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, you know, you, one one of the biggest things is um, water temperatures. You know, water temperatures should be pretty close throughout the, the, the whole river system. And then um, water clarity is going to be another factor, you know, north versus south, you know, depending on, uh, you know, there's certain sections that are going to be a little cleaner than others, um, you know, based on the rains. You know, we've had some, some, some heavy rains here in the last few days. So, um, you know, that south end typically fishes more like a like a river system. I mean, it's you know there's a lot more shallow flats and bars, um, and and to me that end of the lake fishes a little bit smaller. I guess you'd say um, you don't spread out as much because you know fish seem to get on the same places every year, and and a lot of guys figure the same deal out and they wind up on top of each other. You know, uh-huh. it's typically up on the on the north end they'll spread out a little bit more because it's more like a more like the lake, I guess you'd say. Sure. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I'd absolutely agree with that. What about um, the down by Paris? Uh, you mentioned a lot of shallow bars. Uh, I know there's a lot of stumps um, on top of or I feel like you hear about uh, those shallow kind of stump flats down on that section more where you, where you mentioned it's a little more riverine. But there also can be some grass down there. It, do you know what the grass situation is? If the gr- there's grass any? will be no, no, there, there won't, I don't believe grass will be a factor unless somebody knows something that I don't. Okay. Um, and I've not, I've not spent a ton of time down there where there typically is the, that good, healthy grass. But uh, a couple of years ago, we had a, some major flooding and the water turned real muddy in the, in the wintertime and, and biologists swear that they didn't spray it. And it just all had to do with mother nature and it's gone. So okay. uh, to That's my knowledge, grass, grass won't be a factor. Um, what about a little more insight on uh, just the north and south split? Uh, I, I know, take like the ledge fishing, for example. There is a lot of focus on the north end of the lake by the dam where it is more vast. Um, you know, I feel like there's a there's more options. You can kind of get into a rotation up there. But there are a lot of guys that still choose to run south. You know, when Lambert won it, he was uh, running down south a ways. Um, does it fish evenly, I guess, is what I'm getting at, across the lake this time of year? Will there be a lot of guys trying to run, you know, towards the dam from takeoff? You know, I think it's just the opposite um, in, in the fall. Um, you know, north end is home to me. You put me on the south end, I'm not at home anymore. So um, I'll spend a lot of my time up here, but I'll also spend some time down there, simply because historically um, that end of the lake, the south end of the lake, south of Paris this time of year, typically dominates. Um, so I think you'll, I think you'll see that end of the lake really shine and a lot of guys spending their time down there. Okay. All right. That's, uh, that's good to know. I think, I don't know. I'm getting kind of excited for it. I got, I got a, um, you know, it's the coastal championship in the last few years has been kind of a fun thing because 
you know, normally after the Forestwood Cup, there's obviously there we have uh, BFL Super Tournaments, we got regionals, um, but other than that, it's kind of quiet, right? But now you get a lot of these, sure. a lot of these. Um, you know, you mentioned Haynes, and uh, I'll throw yourself in there, Lambert. There's a lot of other tour pros that are going to be fishing uh, this championship, so it's kind of cool to have another real big event kind of once the dust has settled you know what i mean i think it throws uh it's a cool aspect you don't see a lot of fall fishing uh tournaments kind of in the limelight um and, and i'm getting kind of excited for it plus like i said it's a it's a good uh fresh take for kentucky lake if you will especially for myself and um i, I think the some of the fans watching it or at least for a lot of us here in the midwest uh you know i you try to talk about ledge fishing and i i get it i love it like i said i've just never done it so what i really need to do is come down and hang out with you for like you know a couple days sometime and you can show me the ropes and then i can really i could get on board with ledge fishing and not find it quite as boring (laughs) we can do it we can make it happen or maybe it's just boring because i'm sitting in a boat watching you guys catch fish while you're yeah crushing big like 20 25 pounds of bat uh that probably doesn't help yeah well, uh, let's move yep. on from the from the Costa Championship. Um, we'll obviously probably keep some tabs on you as we get on to next week. Uh, I'm sure Jody will be pestering you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, you mentioned uh, at, at the beginning of the podcast you you took this year off of um, off from the tour. You fished the tour for three years uh, and a pile of years as a co angler. I think four or five years probably as a co angler. Yeah, I did five years as a co-angler. Yep. And uh, I mean, with with goods, I, I'm sitting here. I'm looking at uh, you know your your AOI standings as a pro. You know, you had pretty solid years, cash checks. Um, but this year you took it off. Uh, like you said, you had a lot of stuff going on, but it wasn't. You know, you weren't done fishing. You're doing a lot of guiding. And uh, tell me, I kind of want to know a little bit about that. Like, how long have you been guiding on Kentucky Lake? Well, you know, to be honest with you, I don't. I don't really guide that much, I guess you'd say. I do more I do more educational stuff. Um, I take people out in their own boats, set up their electronics. I'll do Lowrance. Mostly 95% of my business is Lowrance. Um, I'll do some Hummingbird stuff and some of the newer stuff that's coming out. But And I'll set their units up, show them how to use them. And, and then I offer, in the summertime, I offer like an educational deal where we go out, set your graphs up, and then we'll do like a six- to eight-hour day on, on just fishing offshore and just kind of t- basically like you said a minute ago just kind of teach you the ropes there's a lot of guys that just want to learn you know they're starving for that info and and uh and, and it's been really good i've been um i've been doing that for i guess two full seasons now and you know when i decided to take the year off um from the tour this year you know it, it, it the business was so good last year even between the tour events i knew i could stay busy doing it so it's it's really been good, you know. I can stay home with my family and, and still be out there fishing and and not be on the road. I miss it. Don't get me wrong, but it, it's um, uh, definitely definitely want to try to get back out there. I'm, I'm still kicking around about next year, but you know I'll know when the time's right for sure. Sure. Well, uh, it the kind of electronics classes. Um, it seems like it's kind of a growing thing. It's still kind of a niche deal, um, but you know how did it really hit you that man? I should. Uh, you know, I should kind of, you know, offer to jump in the boat with people. Like, how did the idea come across? Was it, you know, did you have a buddy that did it, or was it just fans, you know, contacting you here and there? I really didn't. You know, I, to my knowledge, you know, around here, I was one of the first people that that, that really started doing it, and 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 I'm seeing 
I'm seeing a kind of a trend over the last couple of years, a lot more people, especially on the Tennessee river are offering it. And, you know, like I said, I mean, people are starving for that info and, and, I, you know, I was getting emails, people wanting me to guide, people want me to um, set up their units. To, you know, I, I worked at the local ranger dealership here at Jetta Marina for, for quite some time and, and created a lot of relationships with people. And I guess they just, I was kind of known as the, the electronics guy, you know, and um, no expert on them by any means, but, but, but I felt like I had spent enough time with them. And, and I thought, you know, I, I could probably take people out, set them up for them. You know, they get a new boat. Um, boat show season's coming up they buy a new boat we go out in february march get them set up and they're ready to go for the year heck yeah man it's a it's a fantastic idea because it's one of those things uh you know like as a writer you can write an article with with the best photos and you know get quotes from guys that really know what they're talking about but for a lot of people they just can't learn that way you know like you sit there and you stare at a screen you're like well okay i kind of see what he's saying but being able to just jump in the boat, you know, with a guy like yourself, go out and have you actually say, like, this is how you want this looking. This is what you're seeing. Right. Because that's another thing. A lot yep. of people, I mean, side imaging and, and stuff like that has been out for a while. But there's still a ton of people that buy it, have no idea what that graph is telling them. You know, and they may be missing yep. fish or, or uh, you know, secret little honey holes because of it. Yep. That's the thing. You know, what what good is a... $3,500 Lawrence unit if you don't know how to use it, you know, I mean, <laughs> right. most, most, most guys that spend that kind of money on a, on a graph will spend an extra, you know, a couple hundred dollars to, to go, you know, to pay somebody and, and show them actually how to use it. And that's one thing that I offer, you know, I, I'll get in their boat one-on-one and we're out there for a few hours and you'll have a better understanding of the ins and outs of the units themselves, how to set them up. So next time you get, um, you know, you get another boat or new upgrade your electronics, you'll know how to do it. For sure. And then a lot of my business is repeat business, guys that go out and get their units set up and they want to take it to the next level and they'll go out with me in May or June, July in the summertime and actually apply those electronics to a, a day of fishing. So, that, you know, that's kind of that's kind of the rundown. It's got to be um, it's got to be pretty rewarding, I would imagine. It, say you get someone that, that calls you up, they want to go out, they want to learn how to read their graphs and – uh, you get them all walked through it, and then I imagine even in that short time frame you're with them, there's probably a point where it kind of clicks, and you can see this person that was completely sort of oblivious to things at first actually, like, interpreting what the graph is reading. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like my math teacher in sixth grade. You know, she always told me, she said, I can see that light bulb clicking in your head, you know, when I figured something out. I was always I always <laughs> made good grades, but I was a slow learner in math <laughs> class, you know. So it's not, no different with the – especially a lot of the old school guys you know that, that that they're used to seeing a flasher and they don't even know how to turn these things on but you, but but you're exactly right when when it clicks with them you can see it you know the the reward of you know seeing fish down there turning around making cast and actually catching them that's you know that's what it's all about well uh this might be a good little segue to i'm gonna kind of throw you on the spot but say let's just go uh take lawrence for example is there a uh, something you a tip or something you could throw out to the listeners uh, that maybe you know we're coming into Christmas time? Some people might be getting a graph for Christmas. Um, maybe there's something that you think a lot of people should know that maybe the manual doesn't really tell you, or or um, you know there's not a lot of good info out there when you get that bad boy set up and ready to go. One little one little tidbit you can throw to the fans. Oh, you know I guess the. Um the biggest thing, I guess, would be on the 
the side imaging and stuff, you know, your palette colors, there's, there's certain palette colors that'll draw those fish, um, a little bit different, you know, not only on, um, 2d, but on your, on your 2d, you know, there's a palette color that's specifically set so that it shows you hard bottom. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't even know that. Um, and then on down imaging and side imaging, there's palette, there's some palette colors that show the fish a little bit bigger than what they actually are. And some of them that show, show them a little bit smaller. So making sure that the, the, sensitivity and and palette colors are 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 set is one of the biggest keys to making sure that you're seeing what you're you know what you need to be seeing do you um this brings me back i i used to work uh at gander mountain in the fishing department and when someone would come in and they you know they bought a uh hd7 or whatever and you know they'd have a question about how to set the thing up um the the guy I kind of learned how to read side imaging from, you know, took me out on a lake where I knew a rock pile was, right? And we went over the rock pile, and you're like, oh, look at that. There's some rocks. But then we went back over and changing the palette color, um, you know, even it seems like some people's eyes, like you just – you can see things better just by changing the palette color. You know, like sure. I like one setting. My dad likes a different setting kind of a deal. Um Sure. Do you tell people that, you know, like if, if they get home on, on a local lake or they got a spot they know uh, where some grass is or where some rock is, just, you know, don't be afraid to just not necessarily waste time, but put time in on things you already know are on the bottom, but so that you can actually see what it looked like on the graph. And then in the future, you know, when you're on a brand new lake or whatever, you actually, when you see weeds, you're like, oh, I know what that is. There's a little clump of grass or something like that. Right. Yeah. Experiment with, you know, the different palette colors and stuff like that. And that way you, you know, you know what you're seeing, you know, if you go over something new. Well, uh, I dig it, Brandon. I think, um, I mean, what else is going on? It, it, it's slowing down, right? We're, we're almost into November here. Um, what else is going on, you know, for, for you? Well, I mean, my wife and I built a new house last year. We just moved in, um, last summer and we're finally getting settled in getting the grass grown i got my got my boat shop all done so I'm, I'm, I'm actually working on working on the final touches in it and uh you know getting the pegboard where all the getting all the baits all the yamamoto cinco's and all the baits and oh, stuff yeah. up, you know where i want them so yeah i've been, been been busy for sure you know even when i'm not out when i'm not <laughs> out uh, fishing or on the water i'm staying plenty busy now this seems like this is another question that gets brought up this time of year is uh, you have a lot of you have a lot of guys that kind of lay back on fishing and and they go hit the woods you know whether they're deer hunting duck hunting whatever it is are you a hunter oh yeah yeah I'm a I'm a I love to bow hunt I I, I haven't um, you know with the with the little one here you know and and my wife working every day I'm kind of responsible for picking her up in the evenings sure. and and getting dinner done whenever my wife gets home so you know you know how it is i mean it's uh when people tell you your life's getting ready to change you know they're they're (laughs) they're dead serious you know and and for the best for sure i mean uh, the the hunting days are you know maybe not getting to go as much as i'd like but um it's just now getting to where uh, that rut's getting ready to kick in for those big whitetails so maybe i'll get get out and and get to hunt a little bit in the next couple weeks i like it man well i think uh I think on that I'm I'm about out of stuff to talk to or talk to you about I guess uh, which is bad as it sounds bad but um I will see you next week so we can catch up a little more then uh sure before I let you go though um 
just for the folks listening, how can they get a hold of you? How can they follow you on social media? You know, if they want to get with you for an electronics class, um, just pour it on me. What do you got? Yeah, on Facebook, Brandon Hunter Fishing. Um, you know, I post a lot of my stuff on there. I don't keep my, my actual website, brandonhunterfishing.com. I don't, you know, I'm not as active on there as I am the, the regular social media stuff, Facebook, Instagram, that sort of stuff. But uh, info at brandonhunterfishing.com is my email. That's the best way to reach me. And, um, you know, if, if I can ever, anybody ever wants to wants to go out, that's that's the best way to reach me. I'd love to, love to take them, show them what Kentucky Lake is all about and show them how to use those electronics. Well, uh, I love it, man. Like I said, I'm sure we'll be chatting with you next week uh, at the Coast FLW Series Championship on Kentucky Lake, um, and maybe sometime, maybe then we can we could ballpark maybe a time for me to get out and go fishing with you on Kentucky Lake, and then maybe sometime I can work you to come on up to Minnesota and we could chase some big smallmouths. Sounds like a plan. We'll do some. We'll do some swapping. <laughs> well, Brandon, I'll let you get back to uh, to working on that boat shed, and uh, we'll see you in uh, about a week, man. All right, Kyle. Thanks, buddy. Take care. You just got done talking with Hunter, and obviously, we got a little bit more of a picture of Kentucky Lake now. Uh, Kurt and I talked a fair amount about it last week too, so I feel like if you kind of don't know what to expect on Kentucky Lake. You probably, I don't know, probably a little bit out of the loop, which is okay. That's allowed. You'll get in the loop fast next week. But like, do you have any? Do you have anything that you're kind of looking forward to from the Coastal Championship side of things? Well, uh, I mean, it's like I said in uh, in the interview with Hunter, and I feel like I've said it a lot just on the podcast. I find Kentucky Lake tournaments really boring, and I find them boring because we usually go there when it's an offshore thing, and. I mean, it's cool because you can watch guys catch a lot of fish like in a really quick amount of time, but also it's kind of boring. Like it just doesn't really get my blood pumping. Uh, you know, in practice, you just talk to guys that have just been staring at their graphs for three days straight. It's kind of stupid. And I will stand by that for a very good chunk of my lifetime probably. Now, yeah, the spring though, and you and I have talked about this, Seems like a cool time to fish Kentucky Lake. You can flip some bushes, you know, you can throw a square oh, bill. It's a super cool time. Yeah. And then on the flip side, the fall also seems like a cool time to be on Kentucky Lake. So I'm super excited uh, just to see, like to actually not only see Kentucky Lake this late in the year, but also see, uh, like watch a tournament this time of year on Kentucky Lake. I think it'll be, uh, uh, it's almost like it kind of feels like, um, just uncharted territory despite being there before you know and like uh being at a tour event out of paris i've never i haven't seen the lake in this element before so i'm pretty pretty stoked about watching that yeah i think uh i'm with you um i i definitely i would like for this tournament to be a month later because november and december are when i love fishing kentucky lake like I think the fishing gets a lot better. It gets a lot easier. There's a lot more fish that are going to be caught. Uh, but I am with you that it's going to be cool to actually go out and watch a tournament happen. And this is largely... It's going to be experienced a lot more by you and I than by regular people because, you know, you can only you can glean so much from photos and writing. But right, right. we're not doing FLW Live at this event. Uh, it's not a sort of full 
it's going to be a pretty full coverage, but you're going to lack some of the video type stuff that will really bring you in there. Yes. But, like, it's it's definitely, it's going to be neat to watch it and it have it not be a ledge fishing tournament or even, uh, it, it's going to be cool. So I, I, I like that aspect. I do think the fishing is going to be pretty tough uh, for a lot of folks. Yeah, that's um, that's kind of the, the vibe Hunter gave off too, which, I mean, you'll have that. Fall can be that way, right, a lot of times in the south. Yeah, uh, for sure. You know, like we went to Wheeler a few years ago uh, for the Costa Championship. And the one Zach Burge won? Yeah, the one Zach Burge won. And, you know, he caught him really good in that tournament. He did. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if... And, like, there were quite a few limits, and, like, the fishing was decent, even if the top-end bags weren't good. I wouldn't be surprised if you see, like, fewer limits in this tournament, but a higher winning weight, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, Where the bites are fewer and farther between, but the guys who really do well sort of figure out a way to capitalize on getting sort of the right bites. Like we saw in that BFL where, uh, you know, a while back where it was... You know, there were a lot of guys who didn't catch limits but still caught, like, 18 pounds on some of the days. So, we'll see. Uh, That said, it was 37 degrees this morning. Uh, The weather has been cooling down down here. Uh, The cooler it gets, the better it should get, I think. Um, Even if it means fish move around more, that's, I don't think, a bad thing at all. So, Mm -hmm. hopefully, it keeps cooling down. And we see, you know... Honestly, next week, like, the highs are in, you know, the 50s and 60s every day with, like, lows in the 40s. Like, it's going to feel like fall for this tournament. I almost guarantee it. And that is probably a really good thing. For sure. Uh, Oh, man. See, I was going to go fishing tomorrow, and there's a 100% chance of rain with a (laughs) 10-mile-an-hour west wind, and it's going to be a high of 55. I'm going to have so much fun fishing tomorrow. Hey, not. we have uh, but I, it's supposed to snow here tomorrow, like one to three inches, 35 mile an hour north winds. It's supposed to be like <laughs> 28 degrees. I'm cold for you already. <laughs> I was so cold. I mean, it, we'll talk about this later, but, you know, I just got back from Wisconsin with Stefan. That was the that was like some of the worst weather i've ever fished in it was i was not i mean i was prepared i had all my clothes but i was not like mentally ready for that i need to be eased into that kind of weather (laughs) um but yeah i i think you know from a seeing new things perspective kentucky lake should be uh pretty interesting yeah um and i love this tournament i it's honestly the coast fw series championship and the all-american are probably like two of my they might be my two favorite tournaments of the year because you get to first there's not that there's not a lot on the line at both of those there is but for all of those guys it's a little bit of a uh it's a little bit of a bonus so to speak you know you're mm-hmm. it's a no entry fee deal you're at the end of the year it's not like the cup where it's a career defining this is what these guys live for type thing. There's a lot of guys who are coming down here and hopefully they do really well and they try really hard, but at the same time, you know, if you're qualified out of like, let's say you were 35th in the Northern Division, like, yeah, you got here and it was awesome, but, you know, Jason Lambert's fishing out of the Northern Division and there's, I'm not saying you're not going to try, but like, it's a little bit more laid back. 
You know what I mean? For and sure. I just really, I, I, I really enjoy that atmosphere. And, you know, Costa seems to have a knack for, like, it's been a, these last couple of championships have been a pretty big time. Like, it's been, it's been a lot of fun sort of outside of just the actual fishing. And, of course, you know, these guys, they get to weigh in on the tour stage. It's all sort of a level up from a Costa event. I mean, it's it's a blast. It, it really is, and I, I, I kind of want to compare it to something, and I don't want to knock the tour in any way, but I thought about this last year at the Costa Championship, and I feel like it's kind of like, for anyone that likes football, like if you're not a fan of pro football, but you like college football because it's a little more exciting, or college sports in general, I feel kind of like that's what the Costa Championship is sometimes. Like there's just a lot more like, dude smiling a lot more laid back i mean they're still serious they're still trying to win because it's you know it is a big deal but it just seems like guys are uh i don't know there's a little more kind of pep in their step so to speak versus a tour event where some guys uh you know there's a lot of stress a lot of pressure um and there should be but uh this is kind of a cool it's i think a great way for us to end the year but also for a lot of these anglers to kind of wrap things up for for 17 or whatever the year is yeah and you know i do like that it's in the fall too because usually definitely dude it's so nice to like be at weigh-in and have it not be a thousand degrees oh, you know you finally so nice. you finally you can stand around in like jeans or your coat or something like that and you know you're doing pretty good as opposed to you know you it's like well great i'm in a walmart parking lot and <laughs> it's 95 and the concrete is like Twenty thousand, and right. I am not. I'm not digging this. You know, when we, uh, like, when we, when we're gonna be on the lake, like, the way the weather looks, we'll probably be out there in rain suits and bundled up a little bit the whole time, and that's nice. Like, that's a oh, welcome sure. change as long as it's not too extreme. Um, I say that obviously it can be too extreme. We kind of saw that at the tour event, at quite a few tour events this year, but. More often than not, those summer tournaments are pretty lame for for at least some point in time. <laughs> um, I guess, uh, shall we move on and talk some uh, BFL regional action? I would love to. All right. Uh, we've had uh, six of them. They're, uh, they're all over. So besides the wild card, everybody who's going to fish in the All-American, except for the TBF National Champion, is locked in to fish in the All-American. Uh, so, I guess, uh, Kyle, you want to kind of take it away with the first one, and we'll kind of just uh, leapfrog back and forth. We've got these a little bit divvied out. Sure. Uh, these uh, don't really go in any particular order, I suppose. Uh, but luckily, I have the FLW calendar on my wall in front of me, and I'm going to reference that as I go along to give the folks okay. some perspective because we have missed an entire month's worth of regional. <laughs> Yeah. Now, these were covered pretty thoroughly on FLWFishing.com. 100%. So, so if this is the first you're hearing of them, that's fine. Uh, If you want to learn more about them, there's more pictures, there's more pattern info, there's a lot more juice uh, from even second and third place and that sort of thing, and the co-angler winners uh, down lower in the down uh, or over at FLWFishing.com. Although, at this point, you should probably go to the specific tournament page or, like, the Angler Who's Won page, that kind of deal, as opposed to just the home page, because it's not straight up there right now. Most definitely. 
Um, well, I guess I'll kick things off with the... Uh, which one do I want to do? We'll do the Barren River uh, Regional, which I guess was last week, question mark? Yes. The week before? I think it was the week before. It, it pretty much just happened. Like, it was on Saturday. It was, the, it was the 12th, 13th, 14th is when it was. During the Costa series, according to this calendar. Okay, that's not right. Well, that's what it says. Um. Okay. Anyway, let's go this way. Barron River had a regional. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> it was presented by Lawrence. Eric Sanders of Lexington, Kentucky won it with a total weight 33 pounds, 10 ounces. Now that is for three days of competition. So it was a grab. Hashtag brutal. And no uh, literally one, nobody caught 15 fish. Yeah, I was just going to say no one caught <laughs> a limit every day. Now, uh, Sanders did rally uh, and from ninth place. I think he was going. In, he was in ninth place going in the final day. Caught 14-9 to win it, which was, I mean, straight sacking him up. Uh, but really, uh, Bill Taylor would be very uh, proud of him because he threw a Zora Booza brush bug. Now, I don't know if Bill bill throws those you'd probably know more about that but it's a stan sloan zora bait company who's a brush bug half ounce and he was hopping along some wood and that's basically how he caught his fish more or less yeah i think i i think it's mostly the i think bill throws mostly the booza bug he does which he i'm a guessing the bug. difference i'm guessing the difference is that one has a brush guard and one has a wire guard is that, all I can that, think. That would make sense. Uh, I want to draw some attention to Clint Bissonette, who finished third in this tournament. Please do. And he was catching his fish um, with a uh, one-ounce spinnerbait and a 6XD on bluffs. Um, and I, I would love, you know, he was like paralleling these things. Uh, some sort of right up on the bank and then some... Uh, sort of like backed off a little bit mm-hmm. and I don't know I would have very much liked to have watched him fish but I also think it's like kind of interesting because you know you see a lot of people catch fish off bluffs like they're they're good they're especially good in the south because I think when you've got shad in a lake fish tend to relate to a bluff a lot more than they do up north like mm-hmm. honestly uh, up north I don't catch a lot of fish off bluffs uh, down south, I feel like if you got a bluff, you can actually that can be a productive piece of cover year long. For and sure. I just thought it was sort of interesting how he picked those apart and caught those fish because you don't see that a lot, especially with those kind of baits. Like a lot of times, no. if you see a guy fishing a bluff, it's like you know they're fishing a shaky head or a wacky worm or maybe a jerk bait jerk or something bait. like yeah. that. Also, uh, so oh, go on. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say along the lines of the six XD. Uh, second place, Tim Rhodes, also throwing a 6XD. So there was kind of some heavy hardware getting slung around uh, for what was such a tough tournament. Yeah. You know, uh, so uh, the guy who – Brent Anderson fished in that regional as well, and he's done well there in the past, won tournaments there in the past. And it's uh, – despite it being kind of a small, crappy lake, um, 
the offshore bite there is like a pretty important player. And a lot of guys obviously tapped into that deeper, more offshore bite. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely maybe too many guys, but it's definitely a thing where you you can fish that lake. It's not a Kentucky lake. It's not a lot of current lake, but you can fish that lake offshore almost as though it were, or to some extent. Yeah, yeah. And I guess uh, I should at least note that um, Sanders, who won it, was fishing a little bit of deep rock, but most of it were brush piles that were in like 25 feet of water. So uh, I guess I skimmed over that. But to your to back up your point, deep, offshore. Uh, and he said they were the fish were a little deeper than they normally were. Um, he thought, Sanders thought it was because of the pressure, you know, like everyone was fishing out there, which again backs up the point you just made. So basically you're dialed in, Jody, is what I wanted to, I just wanted to reiterate for you. Yeah. Uh, thanks. You know, I'm super dialed in. I've never seen Barren River Lake before, but I know if I went out there, I'd crush them right now. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, two things to note from that before we move on. Uh, Kyle Weisenberger got fifth. Uh, you know, we're big Kyle Weisenberger All-American, baby. Here we go. And shout out to Brad Leiferman. Got sixth. Minnesota dude. Uh, Brad's kind of a stud in these parts. I like Brad. Congrats, bro. Excellent. There it is. Um, there we go. Uh, so let's see. I will go ahead now and talk. Uh, I'll, I'm going to go to the beginning of where the regional started uh, with a, and talk a little Kentucky Lake. Uh, Marty Sisk picked up the win uh, on Kentucky Lake. He was fishing flats and bars with a bone-colored spook. Um, you're probably going to see that same deal play out here uh, next week. So yep. get ready. Um, he said he caught all his fish in two feet of water or less and that they were typically schooling, which you'll definitely, early in the year, earlier in the year in the fall, it can be a little more school-based than a little bit later in the year. Sometimes it can be a little more like specific shallow cover-based, like a stump or something like that. Sometimes it can be both. Brent Anderson uh, qualified for the his third All-American in a row, uh, throwing Hammer. spooks. Um, down. This is all happened in Paris and South. Uh, Roger Fitzpatrick finished third. He's made three All Americans in a row. Then, of course, he went uh, next the like two weeks after it or whatever. Cranked out a top ten in the uh, Costa FLW series on Lake of the Ozarks. Um, uh, Marty Sis- so Sisk won. He had fifty one ten. Anderson had forty six three. And actually. All, each of the top three caught a limit every day, uh, which is not too shabby. Of course, fourth place, Edward Geddes, uh, he's from Paris. Uh, he had he weighed 38.6, only weighed in 12 fish, though. I really want to do a super quick math here. Uh, let's see, 38.4, 12. That's a 3.2-pound average. That's not too shabby. Oh. Um, so, anyway... Uh, Rogers Fitzpatrick, Edward Geddes, John DeVries, and Justin Berger uh, all qualified for the All-American. Um, and it was kind of a typical Kentucky Lake tournament, uh, for sure. Uh, at least Kentucky, typical Kentucky Lake fall tournament. And it's a good, I think it's a good whistle wetter for this next week, probably. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. Uh, you mentioned the topwater uh, spook, you know, like we'll likely see a lot of next week. 
But Hunter also thought that the winning weight would be about what Sisk had. So we'll see how closely that reflects. Yeah, I, I think that's quite likely, to be honest. I don't want to say it's a guarantee, but, you know, it's uh, that's probably about, like, when you consider the pressure and, mm-hmm. you know, if you were going out there midweek and you're fishing a tournament against just yourself and you were dialed in, you could probably do better. But, like, one thing that was interesting, Fitzpatrick, Anderson, and Sisk, and Geddes, I think, all shared a fair amount of water like Anderson spent a lot of time trying to not fish on top of people because he really does not like fishing around dudes but there was a limited amount of water in this lake that was really firing at that point in time and I I think it's not I I don't want to say it's surprising but like if it'd been a smaller field or if it'd been like just one guy found these one spots, they could have worked it. These couple of spots, they could have worked it over a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll see what happens. You know, it could be a kind of deal where maybe somebody runs down to a spot on day one, they catch 22 pounds out of it. And then the next day and the day after that guys, let them have it. Or maybe, you know, somebody runs down to a spot and this is, you know, looking at the championship, somebody runs to a spot and then somebody else does, and somebody else does, and all of a sudden there's three dudes fishing the same, you know, 100-yard flat or something, mm-hmm. and, you know, what could have been a really big winning weight could get cut down a lot. You know what I mean? So we'll see. Uh, what's next? Oh, uh, well, I think we can do a uh, Lake Lanier, which was the most recent, or one of the more recent ones. Uh... Lake Lanier, Jamie Rampey won that one. Uh, which Dude is so on fire. Gosh, he is. Uh, he won it with 41 pounds, 13 ounces. Uh, Jamie Strong, second place, 37 pounds. Rob Jordan, uh, 36, 14. So he had like a decent margin of victory. It's like four pounds and some change, 413. Uh, Rampey, if you know anything about Jamie Rampey, dude's pretty good at just like putting the trolling motor down and going. Says he wanted to come down there uh, to Lanier and fish brush piles and throw topwaters and catch a lot of big spotted bass doing that. Uh, but he said it didn't really pan out for him, so he pretty much just uh, did what he does when he wins other BFLs and fish shallow stuff. Fish a lot of shallow docks, like two to three feet of water. Uh, threw a swim bait on a half ounce uh, Buckeye Lures J Will jig head and like a Sanko. Uh, wacky rig like a flick shake on a 16th ounce book I lures flick it head and uh, I mean that was like that was his deal he just covered a pile of water said he had a little lull midday but uh, fished roughly 150 to 200 docks a day which is a lot of docks a lot of docks <laughs> <laughs> that's perhaps an exaggerated number of docks but I, I feel like definitely it is a lot. I, I like I appreciate the quote so I figured I had to throw it in there um, yeah, no, I, I dig it. Uh, it looked like the fishing was pretty tough down there on Lanier, but when we, when we go there for the tour event this spring, it will not be that way. It will be in fuego. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Um, the other guys who qualified for the all American out of that, or the other boaters, um, were, uh, Jeremy Strong, Rob Jordan, uh, Roger Vinson, uh, David Nickel and Heath Pack, uh, all from Georgia. So <laughs> evidently 
there was a little home cooking going on down there. Um, you know, if there was... So, Rampy has been, like, on fire lately at the sort of local lower level. Mm-hmm. And, man, do I want... I really... I would. I really wanted him to win a Bass Open this year, because I really wanted to see him in the Classic oh, on Hartwell. Yeah, because he has been having of late. He has had all of those, you know, clear water spot slash largemouth lakes like just super dialed in. <laughs> Dude, he has. Um. So it's been fun to watch him. Uh, to catch him that to watch him catch him that good. Um. All right. Anyway, for mine, for my next one here, I'm going to go to the Red River for the most recent uh, one. Or well, yeah, it's one of the most recent ones, rather. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where this is, uh, I guess, the key thing here. Uh, Justin Atkins finished 59th uh, in that one, caught six five for uh, three bass on day one, and uh, then threw his fish back on day two. Um, so uh, well done. Justin Atkins. It's a uh, decent finish there. Uh, could have been better though. <laughs> uh, the uh, one of the guys who beat the Forestwood Cup, the reigning Forestwood Cup champion, um, <laughs> was uh, let's see, sorry, uh, Jason Sandage. Uh, he weighed a limit every day. He was uh, mostly flipping wood like on the edge of a ditch, basically. And he would like come go up and down that section. He said the fish were kind of pulling out on the. On the wood, uh, he was mostly flipping a speed craw. Uh, and anyway, so Sandage, he weighed thirty-one twelve, which obviously not crushing them, but you know they're fish. Uh, it was pretty narrow, pretty narrow win too. Randy Deaver caught a pretty good bag on the final day, uh, and he weighed thirty-seven, uh, so it was a really close one. Uh, ben Blaschke. Uh, Randy Despino, John Shore, and Nick Lebron also qualified for the All-American. So the fishing was pretty bad, uh, but that can be how it is in the fall sometimes. Uh, the Red River is, I think, rarely a really just hopping fishery. Right. But right. Uh, congrats to uh, Jason Sandage. Well, uh, I guess I can move on to my final one, right? Yeah. There was a uh, regional on Wheeler Lake. Kip Carter won that one, 42 pounds, 12 ounces. Uh, he is from Georgia. Actually, second place, Tyler Morgan, also from Georgia. Uh, third place, John Duvall, also from Georgia. A lot of Georgia guys doing well right now. If you're from Georgia, you should go fish a tournament because... Just hop in one, anything. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter where, just do it. You'll do well. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, what am I saying? Carter's... Main thing, uh, he was fishing when this Wheeler event happened. It was back in like the second week of October. There was a pile of rain, so there was a lot of like uh, inflow coming into the lake from random little tributary things. He fished those little inflows uh, mostly with the paycheck baits repo man throwing a topwater. Uh, caught a lot of his fish doing that on the final day. Uh, the TBA started pumping a bunch of water out of Wheeler Lake. And um, he started moving to some creeks. He threw a spinnerbait a little bit, a frog a little bit, but the top water was pretty much most of his deal. So I feel like, you know, kind of reflective to the Kentucky Lake one, but had to switch it up a little bit. For sure. Uh, if you've got any bets that you're making on the Costa FLW Series Championship next week, here's all the guys. And 
in it from Georgia. <laughs> uh, Clint Brown, Tony Couch, John Duvall, Pat Fisher, Buddy Gross, um, Furman, Joe Thompson, Joe Thompson, oh, yeah. uh, Joe Thompson. Tim Vangamond, Vang, Vangamond, uh, Josh Weaver, and Derek Yasinski. So actually some super hammers in there, but also they're from Georgia, so look out. For sure. Uh, and on the co-angler side, we got uh, Daniel Weaver, Ty Solis, Howard Poitavent, Jason Henson, and Seth Cannon. So possible co-angler champion among that uh, group as well. Uh-huh. Uh, if I had to guess, I do like me some uh, Daniel Weaver because he can catch him. For sure. Um, anyhow. So off of Georgia now. Uh over to the James River, I suppose. Yeah, um, last but not least. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, you know, where am I at here? Richard Owen uh, picked up the win. Um, he was using, like, really uh, super finessey stuff, uh, like mostly fishing hardcover, like rock, wood, that sort of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of played the tides pretty well, from what I understand. You know, he's a, a bit of a local there, knows how to, you know, knows how to fish that kind of stuff. Uh, he was throwing a dead ringer, and, which is uh, like a little tiny zoom ringworm, uh, which is yeah. phenomenal. Uh, six foot Berkeley lightning rod, eight ounce weight, and eight pound test Yozuri fluoro, which is, I mean, Dude. the most <laughs> old school finesse rivery thing ever. I mean, oh, I love it. Um, but anyhow. He weighed 40-11. Uh, it was enough to lock up the win. Uh, and the rest of the stuff was like regular things, not ultra <laughs> finesse. Yep. Uh, just getting after him stuff. Uh, so Richard Owen picked up the win. James Wall, uh, Ralph Ray, Chris Panetta, Chris Daves, and Jackson Pleasant also qualified for the All-American. Uh, which is next year on Cross Lake, uh, I believe. So Donald Louisiana? Yes, sir. Uh, I believe it runs in conjunction with the uh, College Fishing National Championship, which is on the Red River then. Sometime in June or May or something like that. Uh, But, yeah, that's it for me. Uh, And I believe you rocked it. Yeah, I think we we knocked out a month's worth of regionals. Yeah, so now everybody, if you – I mean, there's more to know about all these regionals because we didn't dive into, you know, second and third place for all of it. yeah. But, uh, and there's, so, there's fun photos to look at. Yeah, uh, some more fun than others. Uh, ah, well, yeah, you know true. what? That was mean. <laughs> Forget well, I mean, that. You and I weren't there covering it, so you can't expect greatness. Uh, but goodness, I mean, it is on FLW15.com. True. Uh, but anyhow, so Kyle, you got any, uh, I don't know, interesting things happening in your life? Anything that we should talk about, catch up on, that sort of thing? Uh, well, I got back from a vacation to Colorado, went to Estes Park with my wife and her parents and her sister and my brother-in-law, and it was, uh, I don't know, it was a pretty good time. I'm not, like, the best vacationer. Like, there's so many other things I could have done. I could have been chasing big smallmouths. I could have been shooting some ducks. But instead, I was just, like, sitting around looking at mountains, which is fun. And I was kind of pumped because there's a there was a stream that went like right behind the uh, like house we rented, 
And I was like, well, worst case, I'll catch a trout, right? Like, I, I don't want to, but I'll do it. And then I got to talking to someone in town, and the guy's like, oh, man, there's phenomenal trout fishing in here. They're all, like, just beautiful trout. They're all about six to eight inches long. And I was like, hold, hold <laughs> up, hold, hold the phone. Like, I'm out now. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing it. So I never even made a cast. Uh, I was too angry at fly fishermen. And, uh, but that's, that's where I've been at now. I'm home time to shoot some ducks and hopefully I'm trying, I'm thinking I'd like to get out on the water to catch a smallmouth at least one more time before things ice up at least. But the Costa championship is really throwing, throwing a curveball at me there having to be gone for, you know, a week. Shoot. I could come back. It could be iced up at the rate we're going up here. Yeah, it's, uh, dude, so I, I was in Wisconsin very recently. You were. Uh, as you know. Uh, went up to fish with Matt Steffen, uh, drove up one day, fished one day, drove back the next day. Uh, basically, next fall in FLW Bass Fishing Magazine, we're going to teach you how to catch fall smallmouth. Um, mm-hmm. Not you personally, Kyle. You already know how to do that. We're going to teach some right, people. Right, we're going to teach the, the people, yeah. Yeah, and to be honest... You will learn some things, I'm sure. Uh, and I have learned some things and will continue to learn some things. But anyhow. Oh, yeah, I don't doubt So we're, you know, we got to go out. I got to go out and actually uh, fish, which is a real hardship. Uh, but, you know, you got to go learn from these, you know, experts uh, how to do this. Uh, sort of see the water, get a feel for it, get to... Because I always... You can write a decent article on the phone, but you can write a much better story and teach people a lot better if you actually get out and do it. Uh, no so anyhow, doubt, no doubt. And, of course, get pictures and stuff. And, you know, we caught enough fish to get pictures, but really we didn't have ideal conditions because it was a combination of it being too wintry and also not wintry enough. The water was, <laughs> like, 54 when we were there, which is about 5 degrees too warm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was about a 1,000 degrees too cold because it was, like... 37 all day and it rained like pretty hard in the morning (laughs) uh and then it like rained and snowed in the afternoon and it was blowing like 20 miles an hour the whole time my god it was miserable uh but we got up there matt's a cool dude we watched some baseball had some really good pizza on the way back uh well really just good food all around to be honest uh the man can cook um but anyhow we had a great time. We had a good time, but the weather was just terrible. It definitely put a damper on our fishing. But it's going to still it's going to turn into a pretty good piece. Like I think you're going to be able to learn how to catch fish and learn a lot about what he does, but it's not again, it's not perfect from a here's how to exactly go do it kind of standpoint because we didn't get those perfect conditions that you we didn't get the perfect conditions you want to like see the pattern at its best, but it was good enough to see what it can't, not to see what it can be, but to see how to do it. If that makes sense. I got you. Um, you know, it's one of those deals where you're going to, even though you're not shooting exactly what happened, you're going to get a good educated final product. Um, but anyhow, so it was fun, uh, but terrible weather. Um, other than that, I really haven't been doing anything. I feel like, I mean, I feel like I've been busy with 
non-fishing stuff, which has been unfortunate oh, and the worst. A bit of a obviously not the usual thing for me. But I think I'm going to go fishing tomorrow. Uh, the weather's supposed to be Despite really bad. Despite the weather, you're going to go do it. Well, here's the deal. So the practice for the Coast FLW Series Championship starts uh, starts this weekend. And ah, I point. typically stay off Kentucky Lake when we're running a large tournament on it. You know, if we're running a BFL or something like that, I'll be like, you know what, I might go fishing during a BFL. But if it's a uh, if it's a Costa event, if it's a tour event, I don't go fishing during practice. I don't. I, I just feel like it's more. Obviously, it's a public lake. If you get to go fishing, go fishing. I'm not going to hold it against you. But I feel like for what I do, you know. My, you know, the fact that I work for FLW, I should probably try and ha- make this like as good as it can be for these guys. And so, you know, I'm just, I just stay off the water during practice, uh, at least with a fishing rod in hand. Now, I think I, I am going to go on Kentucky Lake tomorrow, and if I can find some fish, I'm going to catch as dang many of them as I can and be like, you know what, boys? Hopefully, you just bite on Thursday for them. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, during actual official practice, I. I gotta leave it. I gotta leave it alone, which means I gotta either figure something else to do on the weekend, or you know, just not fish, and that's not super fun. But you know, it is what it is. Right. Um. Let's see. You guys are coming down next week. Uh, you got any fun action ha- action happening this weekend? Uh, do you have specified duck shooting plans? Uh, well, I will be duck hunting for sure. Like this front that's coming in. I have high hopes for it. Tomorrow, I'm not going to be in the office. I was originally going to head out to my uh, newly purchased North Dakota hunting shack uh, to, like, check it out, kind of close things down. But I don't really want to drive six and a half hours through a snowstorm. So I'm just going to go hunting in the snowstorm. Uh, And then I'll hunt again on Saturday. I'll hunt again on Sunday. Maybe Monday. I do have to shoot some photos for a smallmouth article maybe monday i'll go fishing and then tuesday is when we head down to you so kind of an action-packed couple of days coming up here uh gotta have a little bit of fun before i gotta head down south for work and then continue having fun with you and the rest of the crew sounds uh sounds like a plan to me yeah uh, you want to uh you want to plug anything here shall we pretty much just uh or do you have anything else or shall we just plug it and call it well I do have uh, one thing I wanted to say. If, uh, well, I should say when, especially for any of our listeners that are in the North Country and pretty soon we're going to have ice and you're not going to be able to fish. If you want to learn a lot of cool, uh, maybe interesting little tip things, uh, you should head on over to our YouTube page because we've launched a few videos there this week already. Uh, There's like a Justin Atkins tip uh, for not on a drop shot. There's a Jeff Sprague tip. There's a Watson one. There's a Castledine, Todd Castledine. Uh, there's a lot of videos we've been kind of pumping out, like these real short, quick tip videos that haven't necessarily worked their way on over to flwfishing.com. But if you're bored and you like YouTube, you should totally check it out because there is some kind of cool stuff. Yeah, I uh, I agree on that. Whoa, that is a mean comment. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm looking at YouTube comments. Uh, classic. Oh, um, it is. Dude, YouTube comments, the worst. Uh, but anyhow, yeah, I agree. They're definitely, uh, we've got a fair uh, fair amount of stuff. Um, we've got a, uh, 
that Snell knot drop shot deal is pretty interesting, and I'm gonna right. for sure try it. I am too. Uh, I definitely, I dig me some Justin Atkins in almost all forms. Uh, there's one guy who says, who in the comments says, "Wow, a pro doesn't even know how to Snell correctly," which is interesting because that's the same Snell knot that I use, and it's also, I believe, the same Snell knot that like Chris Lane uses, and. I think like a fair number of other guys. So I think maybe this guy who says, maybe this dude, you know what? Let's put him on blast. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ethan Ferris, you have a really stupid Boston B logo in your, uh, in you know your image, and I don't think you know how to snow correctly. So, lol, you, bud. <laughs> uh, or maybe he's got the great new Tavalon Snell Nut. I don't know. Anyhow. Well, here's the thing. There are some different versions of a Snell Nut, but they're all basically they're all correct the like, is the thing. You can't screw it up, you know? <laughs> it's it's pretty simple. Yeah. Uh, like if you I, I think you can uh yeah, I, I think like no matter what, as long as the knot works, it's correct, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And like <laughs> You know, I mean, it works for oh, Justin well. Atkins, like, so I think it's yeah, all I mean, good. he seems to be doing all right. But anyhow. We digress. Guys, do you. Actually, gosh, the comments on this are fun. Uh, <laughs> hey, got, worst case, say you don't want to learn anything, go on over to YouTube and just read comments. Read some comments. Yeah. Now, there is there was one pretty mean comment that I deleted, but, you know, the rest of them, they're... Uh, they're just argumentative so (laughs) anyhow uh but yeah ethan i don't know about this come talk talk to me uh (laughs) yeah um i'll put a link to this podcast in his comment i'll be like hey you should listen to this (laughs) (laughs) mainly around this time stamp yeah um anyhow uh I think that's I think that's a good thing to plug for sure. Uh, there's a good story about uh, Jesse Mizell up um, on FWFishing.com that I read too. Mizell, Mizell. I've been going Mizell, but it might not be that. I've always said Mizell in my head, but we we both could be screwing it up. Sorry, yeah. Jesse. Anyway, it's a good story. It does not include a pronunciation guide though. Um, <laughs> there's also a, Ju- a Justin Atkins blog. Uh, up where Justin Atkins blog. I think he's got a pretty good knack for the blogging thing. Um, and hopefully sure. we can keep more coming out these next few years. Uh, or not next few years, next several months and probably all of next year. Um, you know, I worked with him on this one. Uh, he's got some pretty good ideas for more topics going forward. I think he wants to have some sort of user generated type content as well. So I would say definitely read it, but also you know, look forward to future ones because he's a he's a good talker and he's a pretty good writer as well. So I think that'll be uh, that should be something to watch out for. And of course, we got flwfishing.com. We got a uh, flwfishing on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, flwofficial on Snapchat. Uh, we got a whole bunch of Instagram takeovers happening this next week and weekend for the uh, Coast FLW series. And I guess uh, I guess that's about it, right? I think so, man. I, th- I guess we can we could go our separate ways. Have fun fishing tomorrow. I'll have fun duck hunting. Everyone else, enjoy 
this time of year. Enjoy all the great content, and we will talk to you next week. See you.